Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Glad to have this man back. He's the chairman and editor-in-chief of Forbes uh, Media. It is Steve Forbes. Steve, how are you? Good to see you again. Good to see you. Thank you. Now, let's go back 23 years. You're sitting in my newsplex in Lansing, Michigan. I'm the, the main news anchor. I went by Parker then, if you don't recall. Um, right. But uh, uh, you're sitting in my newsroom, and we're interviewing you, and you announced that you were running for president in the year t- uh, 2000. And, in fact, you were pushing a flat tax of 17%. So let's let's just let's pretend Steve Forbes wins in 2000. How does America look different in a very general sense, and maybe even some specific things that might be different? How, how might it have been different had you won? Uh, we would have had a much prosperous economy. I think people would have had a more uh, optimistic sense of the future, like we had in the 1980s during the Reagan years. And uh, just to take a number, I know numbers of uh, pe- people's eyes roll, but you know the median household income today is seventy thousand dollars. If we'd maintain our historic rates of economic growth that we had for almost 200 years, that median income today would be 110,000. Oh, wow. People, $40,000 more of income. You'd have had a stable dollar. We'd have gone on a gold standard. And uh, so $40,000 more income and uh, stable prices. I think uh, this would be a lot healthier and happier country. We certainly um, were rooting for you back then and still are today. But when George W. Bush took over, any sort of budget surplus we had went away. The budget deficit grew leaps and bounds, not only by him, but uh, also subsequent presidents and Obama and elsewhere. Um, why did that happen? I can't, I can't do that to my checkbook. I can't spend more than I have. Why is it that the federal government, Steve, gets to get away with it when no state gets to go over their budget? How, how did we get here to where there's nothing at all backing their spending? No, and uh, most states have uh, balanced budget amendments of various sorts, so uh, they can't go over the budget. Now, a lot of them use gimmicks, but nothing like the scale you see on the federal level. Right. Uh, this goes back to the budget uh, bill of 1974 after Watergate, where things like uh, withholding, things like uh, the uh, president being able to uh, put funds aside and not spend them, uh, were all out the window. And so you have an unstable currency. You don't have to worry about to keeping a stable value for the dollar. Uh, deficits uh, balloon. As you know, today, our deficit is almost what we had after World War II when we fought a war to save civilization. This was just absolute a lot of it wasteful spending. And the terrible thing is they want to do even more, hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars more on these so-called green projects, which are simply a crony corruption. It's and remember, 
No, exactly right. Chairman and editor in uh, chief Forbes Media, it's Steve Forbes. What doesn't seem to make any sense to me is that we don't seem to slow down. And and now we've got this class warfare worse than we've probably ever seen in our history to where Biden and the socialist left and the elitists are all saying the rich aren't paying their fair share. People making 400000 a year aren't paying their fair share. You and I both know that the top 1% pays 40% of all taxes. The top 10% right. pays 70 So what is their fair share then? I think they're paying more than their fair share now. And, but government gets away with this class warfare. Why have they been so successful in convincing people that the rich are bad? And, and if we take more from the rich, we'll give you more, which they're not going to do. No, and uh, their version, sadly, of a flat tax is, you know, that old joke. Uh, first line is, what is your income? Second line is, send it in. <laughs> and and, uh, and they also, are not, when they talk about fair share, they're not talking about income. They know that's nonsense. They're talking about seizing assets, seizing wealth. This gets to Joe to modern socialism. You know, in the old days, socialists thought you had to own things. No, modern socialists realize you can do it not by nationalization, but by regulation. You're seeing it now in the chip industry, the banking industry. You're seeing it in the auto industry. You're seeing it in more and more places of the economy. And now we have, can't even have gas stoves anymore. Anything that makes life better, they want to take away. And I think there's pushback. One of the things I take a little bit of encouragement from, even though it's not directly economic, but profoundly affects the future economy, is the rise of education savings accounts. You see it in Florida. You're seeing it in other states. And I think uh, what people saw during uh, those lockdowns, what was really being done in the school the schools, is starting a counter-revolution. And parents are going to take control. And that means we're finally going to get real education and not the indoctrination that is so pervasive and destructive today. Yeah. It's Steve Forbes. His book is called Inflation, What It Is, Why It's Bad, and How to Fix It. I want to get into all that full-throated in a second. I'm glad you went to education. Jimmy Carter, for some reason, made this Department of Education that wasn't necessary. States will, uh, always took care of the education of their, of their students or their kids because it's not in the Constitution. If it's not in the Constitution, the states do it. But for some reason, it's now 65 or $70 billion a year where central government in Washington gets to decide that my kids are going to learn about pronouns or about sexual orientation of, of the teachers and, and so on, and we won't tell your parents about it, even though the parents are forced to pay for it. Can we dial that back? I love the savings accounts. I love school choice. Um, again, it's not federalized. So I think uh, the, 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 go ahead. Go ahead, Steve. No, I think I think it's uh, beginning to happen. I think parents are beginning to push back, and it's not just that those are school board meetings, which have been described by our attorney general as a bunch of terrorists, right? Uh, but parents are pushing back, and I think with especially with technology. You're going to see more and more parents do their own schooling. I met a mother the other day in New York. Uh, she traditionally left of center, but she's pulled her two kids out of school. She can't stand the wokeness. And she and a bunch of parents have rented a classroom, and they're doing a version of homeschooling because they see what's happening in education. So people are pushing back, and so we should take heart. The left was nowhere 50 years ago in a lot of these cultural institutions, and they just relentlessly pushed ahead. Even if they lost an election, they relentlessly pushed ahead. We have to take comfort from that in the sense we can do the same thing because we have the majority of the American people behind us. And I think uh, one thing uh, that Governor DeSantis has tapped in on and others is the wokeness. Uh, people just don't like this kind of crazy stuff. They yeah. want a little bit of common sense again. I could not agree more. His book is called Inflation, What It Is, Why It's Bad, and How to Fix It. When it comes to socialism that you met, uh, that you mentioned earlier and socialized, we're talking socialized medicine, socialized business, socialized land ownership, uh, socialized everything, uh, education, 
it's never been successful in the long run. It's always failed. Why then have they been so successful in convincing the young generation that socialism is the way to go? Are they lying about what socialism is? Well, what they've done very cleverly is not talk about the past on socialism. Right. What they've done is take all the discontents of the present. And let's face it, uh, the federal government, when, in terms of money, in terms of uh, budgets, in terms of regulations, has really hurt the economy. So you don't have the kind of vibrancy that we had in the 1980s, which, by the way, as you know, uh, came after the Malay's 1970s. Yes. And so all this generation is seen as a one setback after another, a lot of divisiveness going nowhere. So when you say socialism, they say, well, what we have now isn't working. Uh, maybe socialism would. They don't even know really what socialism is. They think it means socializing, uh, getting free stuff, uh, everyone hugging each other. Uh, and let, you know, I'm not sure how far that goes before you get a lawsuit. Right. But, uh, but all, all, all this happy stuff. And so they've occupied as the left has cleverly done for years, the high moral ground. Hey, we may make a mess of things, but by golly, our heart's in the right place. No, their heart is not in the right place, the far left. It's about control and oppression. What's interesting is if you tell a college student who just received an A on an exam, hey, you got an A, Bob got, a, got an F, how about we, we give you both Cs? The college student immediately will say, no, I worked for this. This is mine. I don't want to do that. Well, that's exactly what socialism is, but they have, they're not being taught that, that it's take from those who have, give it to those who don't have. Everybody has exactly the same thing, and the government controls everything. Um, the, when you tell them what it is, they don't like it. So has the left lied about exactly what it is? Uh, socialism <laughs> is better for everybody. We're taking care of the poor. Uh, is it just a big fat lie and they're backed up by academia, by sports, by Hollywood, by big news, by big tech? That's how they got over on them, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, it's all about talking about intentions yeah. and uh, ignoring our founders who understood human nature, uh, what it is. It, uh, you can't trust intentions. You've got to have uh, guardrails there. You've got to have checks and balances there. Our founders understood it, but uh, they, again, gloss over that. That's why they don't want to teach real history, because then it would show the lie of socialism. Because the basic problem with socialism is not just that people run out of money, and, uh, but also you know, out of spending other people's money, but also socialism can't foresee the future. Yes. They can't see the uh, things that are being done in laboratories and garages, people coming up with things you, oh, you often saw times outside of the industry and uh, you take uh, you take ulcers uh, for years the conventional wisdom was ulcers come from stress then a couple of australians said no it's bacteria they're ridiculed but eventually they won the nobel prize they right. came from the outside and that's what you have the kind of environment is things are not rigid anywhere that's fluid and people can come along and positively change things in ways that people couldn't even imagine as the old saying is when you talk about new technologies Years ago, it sounded like magic. Now we take it for granted. We have a virtual uh, supercomputer in our hands. It's amazing. We take it for granted. Yeah. Think something would have been the size of a garage or a house a few years ago. Now it's handheld. And, and, and they're tracking us on it, by the way, too. It is uh, Steve Forbes. He's the chairman and editor-in-chief Forbes Media. Go to Forbes.com. Get his book, Inflation, What It Is, Why It's Bad, and How to Fix It. I've got a little bit of money in the bank. Those watching, listening might have a little bit of savings. I've got a, a little bit of cash uh, on me. But, but beyond that, the government wants to control everything. In fact, they want to make uh, cash go away. Everything should be digital. They should regulate all of it. Uh, Steve, if I do a transaction on Craigslist for $600 or more, the IRS can now come and audit me. 
How did we get here? And should people worry if they've got cash? Should they look into oh. tangible metals? Where are we monetarily right now in this country? Well, in terms of uh, digital currencies, that's going to be a huge battle, and we've got to be prepared to fight for it. I've been writing about it for a while. It's a form of control. Just look at China and what, what that leads to. And so uh, that has to be resisted. People, I think, young people like the sense of privacy. They don't want somebody always looking over their shoulder. And so we have to learn to fight this. using. A, and when the left criticizes the right, those criticisms are really criticisms of the left. Okay. Psychiatrists, they call it projection. So when they talk about inhumanity, when they talk about control, when they talk about oppression, that's them, not us. And I think the American people are waking up to that. That's why, for example, I've started a, a series with a, under the Milton Friedman Foundation, it's called IZIT, I-Z-Z-I-T dot org, on achievement. We're uh, just launched it, talking about uh, achievement dot org, talking about people who created the wonderful things we have today, whether it's uh, Malcolm McLean and the, and the uh, box, you know, containers, yeah. uh, whether, whether it's uh, uh, Annie Malone, who started, became uh, the first uh, uh, millionaire, African-American woman, descended from slaves, started a business when America, uh, women couldn't even vote. She once had 75,000 agents selling hair products around the world. Uh, these people who, George Eastman, creating a camera, you know, once upon a time, photography was uh, one of the most difficult things in the world. He made it so everyone could uh, take pictures. And so these three-minute uh, bios are very exciting. They have lessons like Andy Malone providing opportunity. And uh, so we just launched it on the IZIT, I-Z-Z-I-T dot org. And uh, I think uh, that's the kind of thing we all have to be doing. That kind of project, other kind of projects, getting the truth out there, why we are where we're at today in a positive way. Builders, creators, people had setbacks, but came back, had stick-to-itiveness, and ended up making our lives better. And it's not just they just benefited but their success was uh, success for all of us. It's almost as if meritocracy works. That's weird. Um, and because we're, <laughs> we're basically told that it doesn't anymore. It's Steve Forbes, uh, editor-in-chief, also the chairman of Forbes Media. Let's get into the book. Inflation, what it is, why it's bad, and how to fix it. Inflation, simply speaking, is supply and demand. More supply, less demand. Or more demand, uh, less supply. Depends on what inflation and what the rate's going to be. But actually... The Fed really does control inflation, doesn't it? They have they have the last word in, in whether there is any or there isn't any, what they do with the what, with the interest rates. So in, in a very simple term, because I'm a simple guy, you know this, um, what is inflation and how do we fix it? Well, two kinds of inflation. One comes when you have lockdowns, which disrupt supply chains or a war. So that sends prices up because you disrupt production and transportation. The other kind, what you're referring to, is what you call what we call monetary inflation. Yeah. And that basically is reducing the value of a currency, usually by creating too much of it. And uh, the Federal Reserve has been doing that on and off since we went off the gold standard in the 1970s. And so uh, that's why we have uh, one of the reasons why we have this persistent high prices today. And the only way the Fed says they can conquer inflation is by trashing the economy. That's why they'd want to raise interest rates. That's why they want to have more unemployment. And we tried that in the 70s and it doesn't, 1970s, that doesn't work. Yeah, you can reduce prices when people go out of business, when people can't buy anything, which is what happens when you trash the economy, which the Fed is doing now. And then what happens when you start to get a recovery again? They go back doing the bad old thing of undermining the integrity and value of the dollar. And so that's what Ronald Reagan did differently in the early 80s, was that after a terrible recession, he didn't go back to trashing the dollar. 
He went to stability to the dollar, and he put in tax cuts and deregulation right. so the economy could grow, and we make more things. Hello? <laughs> and, and, and for some reason since then, the manufacturing is all left. We're now a service economy, which doesn't make any sense. But I want to go back to something you said. Um, the Fed is printing an unbelievable amount of money right now. Actual paper dollars, not really paper, but the mint is, is putting out a bunch of cash. So if I've got $20 in my pocket today and they print out a trillion dollars more in cash that isn't backed by anything, my 20 is worth less than it was um, you know, two days earlier. It's really that simple. Why do they keep doing that and how do you fix it? Do you burn off a bunch of this money? No, uh, uh, the, the way, why do they do it? Because they think they're, they're smarty pants who uh, can uh, manipulate and control the economy better than people in the marketplace. Remember, marketplace is another word for people, buying, selling, doing whatever. And in terms of, uh, uh, in terms of stability, uh, you can do, uh, they, they don't know how to do a gold standard yet. We're working on that. But in the meantime, you can do what they did for a while under Reagan and others in the, from the late 80s to, or mid-80s to the early, late 1990s. And that is, uh, look at the price of gold, look at the price of commodities. If they're going in a, a bad direction, uh, that, that tells you something. If they're suddenly rising, that tells you you got inflation. So, it wasn't, so you might call it sort of a, a half-baked gold standard or a half-gold standard. But uh, it provided much more stability than we have today. So the Fed has done it in the past. Right. And so that's the key thing. Stabilize the dollar. Give people, uh, remove barriers to people doing things, i.e. low tax rates and uh, regulations. And uh, by golly, miracles happen. Positive. And you're right, and, and it can happen again, and I hope that it does. It's Steve Forbes, get the, the book is called Inflation, What It Is, Why It's Bad, and How to Fix It, available on Amazon right now. Go and get that. I've got maybe 30 seconds, Steve. What, what exactly is it that went through Nixon's mind that said, let's just print a bunch of money and not back it by gold anymore? Going off the gold standard, why did the world accept that? That seems crazy to me. Well, because there are a lot of bad ideas around at the time that uh, the people manipulating the economy could do better than leaving people to their own devices. And they didn't even really mean to undo the gold standard. They just sort of uh, fumbled into it wow. and didn't know how to put it together when they suspended it. And there was no real desire to uh, restore the old gold standard, even though for 180 years we didn't have inflation, except during wartime, and we had the highest average growth rates in human history. And since then, the average growth rates have uh, plummeted. Again, remember, we'd have $40,000 more of income for a typical household today if we'd maintain our historic growth rates. Amazing. It is uh, Steve Forbes, Chairman and Editor-in-Chief Forbes Media. Get this book, Inflation, What It Is, Why It's Bad, and How to Fix It. It's available now on Amazon. Steve, thanks a million. Let's do it again soon. Oh, thank you. Look forward to it. All right. Keep we're back. Fighting. Thank you. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is The Joe Pag Show. Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder.
Enjoy having Steve Forbes on that video up later. Let's just pop it up. Follow what you got. So the other day, John Favreau, actor, director John Favreau, was being yes. uh, inducted into the Walk of Fame, and uh, Robert Downey Jr. was there with him. And I guess it'd be funny he put his gum out of his mouth onto John Favreau's star. Some guy came and picked it up, and now he's trying to sell it on eBay for fifty-five thousand dollars. What? Fifty-five thousand dollars. Come on. So <laughs> All right. Yeah. For Polo, for Sam, for Carrie, and Joe. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a good night. This is the Joe Pegg Show.